Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, March the 28th, 2022. It is currently 5.09 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Let's begin with some questions. All right, let's begin with some questions. And these are very, very important questions. And this is going to be, I'm just, here's what I want to do before I even get to the questions. I'm just going to tell you about something that is happening at least in maybe one church, maybe more than, I don't know how many churches are are adopting this program. I don't know how many churches are using this program. I don't know for sure how many churches out there are using similar programs. You can, you can, I definitely want to hear if your church is doing something similar to this or your Sunday school class or your small group. I definitely want to hear about it. I think everyone's going to have very strong opinions, whether they think this is a good idea or a bad idea. I'm just here to try to tell you about what's going on and you can then draw your own conclusion. I, I really just kind of want to present this to everyone, but it really starts with some basic questions. All right. This is important. How much power and authority do you think the local church has? Or let me state it this way. How much power and authority do you think the local church should have when it comes to the lives of the members of that church? How much power and authority does a church have over its members how much power should it have over its members? Can can is do you think it's perfectly okay for for someone who if if you join a church the church can tell you well you can't the wife can't wear pants you uh, the men cannot have long hair you you can't go to movies you can't do this you can't do that like give you basically a list of rules saying if you're going to be in right fellowship with this church the, these are the things you have to do these are the things you must do. Do you believe a church can exercise that kind of power and that kind of authority? Or do you believe that's wrong for a church to exercise that kind of power and authority? How much power should a church have over the lives of its, of its people? I, I think this is a very important question, and it's fundamental to this, right? It's fundamental to this. How much power, how much authority should they have? Uh, what can they dictate when it comes to your everyday life? When it comes to what you watch and what you listen to and what you read, how much power should the church have? When does it cross the line into maybe, oh, well, that's being a a good pastor, that's being a good shepherd. When does it cross the line into turning into something that's, well, just downright legalistic and cult-like? Where is that line? Is there a line? This is another important question. How important and how biblical do you think is the concept of accountability in the Bible? Like, do you think the concept of accountability is a biblical concept? Like, does the Bible say, all right, for you to to struggle against sin, to fight against the sin, you need someone who will hold you accountable, that everyone needs to be. Now, the question is, they're only putting forth this accountability in one area of life. So like, how far do you take accountability? Like, all right, hey, 
this area of life, everyone need, needs to be held accountable. But what about other areas of life? Like how far does a church take an accountability program? We're going to hold you accountable in this. We're going to hold you accountable in this. Let me, let me just throw this out. This is just, a, just, a, just an idea. I think we would all agree that the Bible condemns gluttony, right? Is gluttony a sin? Now, if you say gluttony is a sin, how many churches have created a program to hold people accountable for gluttony? How many, how many churches have a program to hold people accountable for that kind of thing? I, I, think, I, think, this, I think this is a very important question. Let, let's look at this. Here is the program, all right? And I read this in an article that was published on March the 24th. And, I, and I've looked at it and looked at it, and I'm like, well, okay, exactly. Well, what's the right way to think about this? But then I started thinking about those questions. How much authority does a church have? And how important is accountability? And if you're going to say there's an accountability program is necessary, what areas of accountability? Do you, do you only just choose one? All right, let's see what happens here. This is called, this article is entitled, A Church Smartphone Accountability Program. A Church Smartphone Accountability Program. All right? The church should help oversee young people who want to do right. It can't help rebels in this way except for preaching and prayer. But for those young people who love the Lord and are wise and want to help to stay safe, the church should be intimately involved in their lives. God's word commands this. So they're saying the church should be intimately involved. And, and in this particular case, they're focusing on young people, on young people's lives. How involved should they be in their life? How, how much information should they have in regards to what a young person is doing or not doing? When be, does it become, oh, I think we've entered into a, a bad place here. I, I think this is an important question. They quote, they say the Bible uh, quotes this. They, they, they quote Colossians 1.28, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Now, when you look at that article, it just talks about that we may present every man perfect, but how do we present every man perfect? Preach, warn, teach. What does it say being intimately involved in every area of their life? Like, it, that just seems to be where, again, the, uh, Colossians 1.28, whom we preach, warn, and teach. Th that seems to be the biblical way of doing this. Is, is there more? Do, do you need more? Do you need an accountability program? Do you need, what do you need? Well, let's continue. They state in this article, our church is starting a phone accountability program for those who want this help. A phone accountability program. Now, obviously, this is focusing on accountability in one area, and this would be area of what you do on your phone or what you do on the internet. Okay. I'm not saying that it's that, that there is not that the phone and internet is not an area of great struggle because people can get themselves in all kinds of trouble on the internet, on social media. Uh, there, there's a hundred, there's a lot, put it this way, there's a hundred pitfalls waiting for you. That is absolutely true. So clearly those pitfalls can be preached about. People can be warned about. People can be taught 
you know, maybe principles and ideas to help them. But should it go a step further and we're like, now, now we're going to hold you accountable to what you do on your phone. We're going to hold you accountable. Now, um, they go on and they talk about all of the, 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 the difficulties. Uh, okay, well, so let, let's, I'll just read. I'm just going to read everything here. Uh, so they're, they're starting a phone accountability program. Many people are waking up to the moral dangers of the smartphone age and are taking steps to protect themselves and their families, right? Uh, then they, they give the name of anyone who teaches internet safety to thousands of parents and teachers each year says the following. So here's someone who teaches internet safety to thousands of parents. And his, there's, uh, what, this is what he says. As parents raising 21st century digital citizens, it is critical that we have become educated in order to understand the reality of where our children live who they interact with, and who they become uh, once they enter the digital sphere. The entire landscape of parenting has changed, some for the better, much for the worse. AD, uh, and they call it the AD era of parenting, in other words, after digital. The AD era of parenting holds all the same issues from the BD era before digital, plus a full slate of new ones. The constant changing landscape of digital risk demands constant parental engagement. All right. I think that that's wise, that if you're a parent, the digital world, the whole digital landscape creates all kinds of potential, not only dangers and challenges for your children, but it creates potential struggles and difficulties for you as a parent and how to navigate this. But you do need to be engaged. Nobody has a problem there. But that's putting it on the parent. Right? So that's the parent's responsibility. But remember, they're starting a church accountability program. So you have the parent. Now the church is going to come along and, and, and be involved in this. All right. Many families are making phone, family phone agreements. A sample is as follows. Here's, here's what some families are doing, or according to this article. Number one, parents have full access to your phone at any time. Number two, no sneaky apps designed to hide or keep secrets. Number three, call from parents are answered or responded to in a certain time period. We decide. GPS location services are on for our family. No pornography, no sexting, no dating or hookup apps. We will, we will not use the phone to bully or gossip. No abusing or inappropriate language communicated through this device. Handle phones legally, not while driving. Respect the parameters of the family data plan. Be wise. Now, this is an agreement between parent and child. Now, I want to make it very clear. This is just, I think we can all state this. A parent can write these rules out, hand the kids a phone, and unless you're actually engaged and understand technology, the kid can have 14 apps that you probably don't even know exist on the phone, or they look like uh, an app that you think it's one thing, and it's completely something totally different. They can find a million ways around it. For, every, for everything you, you try to do, they can find a million ways around it if they want. So just please note, there's only so much you can do. That, that's always been the case. And it, no, no matter when a parent is parenting, no matter when the parenting is taking place, this is very important to understand. No matter when the parenting is taking place, there's all, kids will always find ways around said rules. Every parent listening to me, you can think back when you were a teenager, whatever the rules you were placed under, what did you do to get around those rules and how many times did you get not only get away with it, you, that parents never even discovered your workaround. 
Okay. There's probably were plenty. So please note, there's always ways around. There's always ways around. And I'm not saying that means don't do anything. Just mean we have to be honest with ourselves, all right? Because at some point, well, it becomes the responsibility of the child. But if unbelievers and evangelicals and denominational Christians are taking such steps, how much more should Bible-believing fundamentalists and Baptists take? So in other words, if, if evangelicals and unbelievers are taking like such strong steps as having a, a family phone management plan, then those who are really fundamental and conservative in their theology, what should they be doing? All right. So what do they suggest here? Spiritually mature men who understand the technology, uh, okay, let me read this again. Spiritually mature men who understand the technology are assigned to oversee the phones of other men who want to sign up for the program. Each participant is assigned to one of the overseers. The overseer has all the passwords and has complete access to the phone's laptops. He can ask to see the device any time. All right. Now, we're going to go into all the details of this program here in a minute. So basically, it's a program that so they talk about families and children. Okay. But this seems to be for the men of the church. I guess only the men of the church. I, I, I guess women women don't need accountability in this area. I guess I, I, it just seems that the focus here is on men. But okay. And again, this is focusing obviously on only one area of sin. But okay. So here's what happens. A man decides, I, I need to be a part of the program. You're assigned an overseer. The overseer has every password and has access to your device whenever they want. At any time, they can ask to see it. Now, this, this may sound good. This may sound good, but there's a couple of things to consider. Now, if this program shows up in your church and they're talking about it, you know there's just going to be an unspoken pressure, right? Like if you're the man, if you're a man, you're like, I don't want to be a part of that. Well, your wife will immediately may think you're hiding something or the people in the church may think you're hiding something. So do you really, I mean, I know they're going to say it's a free will basis, but is it really free will? Is it really going to be up to you? Or is there going to be kind of an unspoken pressure? Are you going to be viewed? I bet you they're hiding something. So, so there's already a possible pressure, uh, a possible problem that this could turn very much into a, that this could very much turn into kind of a, an unspoken pressure on it. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to look at it. I'm going to look at it from every different perspective here. I'm going to look at it from every different perspective here. All right. So, so a spiritually mature man who understands the tech, who understands technology are assigned to oversee the phones of other men who want to sign up for the program. Each participant is assigned to the one of the overseers. The overseer has all the passwords and has complete access to the phone's laptops. He can ask to see the device anytime. Church members sign up on a free will basis. Now, again, I, I know they're going to say free will, but I just call into question how, how free how free really is this, this whole program? When I say free, how, how much free will is involved in this? Because you know there's going to be an unspoken pressure. Uh, without, without a personal and strong desire to live a holy life in God's will, no accountability program will work. Okay, I, I do agree with that. Look, accountability can only do so much. Accountability can only do so much. But again, ask the question. If you just take the Bible and read from Genesis to Revelation, do you see anything that would resemble an accountability program? Now, you could say, well, the world has changed. Times are different. I understand that. But look, for example, did Corinth, 
Did did the church at Corinth have an accountability program since there was a temple with temple prostitutes, you know, right down the street where people went to engage basically in what they felt was spiritual worship by engaging in physical relations with a temple prostitute? Did, did, Did they say set up an accountability program? All the all the paganism and ungodliness within all of that culture. Did any church, did the church of Galatia, Colossae, any of them, Thessalonica, did any of them set up an accountability program? I mean, it's just a question because the church can come up with something and it may sound like a good idea, but the question is, is it biblical, right? It may be practical. It may be pragmatic, but is it biblical? And if it's not biblical, should the church add it? Then this gets into, can the church, so we could get into the regulative principle, the normative principle. I know that deals primarily with worship, but the concept is, is what can you add or not add? If the, if the Bible does not explicitly command it or even give an example of it, can you add it? Should you add it? Now, some people will focus on the good that comes from it. All right. you, you, can, you can have your own you know, decision or your own discussion about that. Now, one of the beliefs of this program is that it keeps the issue, uh, one of the benefits of this program is that it keeps the issue of internet danger before the church and keeps the church informed and communicating about this. All right. An accountability ministry is, is a one another ministry. The Christian life is not a solitary life lived for self. It is a family life lived with others. And I got a pop-up happening here on my screen. Um, with others, Uh, I am my brother's keeper is their scriptural justification. Here are the scriptures they give that they feel justifies this kind of an accountability program. Here we go. Uh, Romans 15, 14, admonish one another. Galatians 5, 13, love and serve one another. Galatians 6, 2, bear ye one another's burdens. Colossians 3, 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Colossians 3.16, teaching and admonishing one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, edifying one another. Hebrews 10.24, consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And in Hebrews 3.13, exhort one another. Now, they're saying that that kind of proves this, that that's kind of the biblical justification for an accountability program. All right, now, obviously that language is not calling for an accountability program, but it, it does may show the interaction with believers, so you could possibly you could possibly maybe build from that. You, you can you can tell me what you think. You can tell me what you think. All right here we go. Uh, uh, preparation. We uh, so this is how this church prepared for this launching of this program for the adult men. We spent many weeks preparing the, for this by teaching in the weekly men's meeting on surrender, holy living, seeking God's will, being transformed by the renewing of the mind by God's word, controlling the emotions, and the importance of separation from evil with a strong application to internet dangers. Some of the studies were taught in a, in a book that they produced. Okay, so so how they prepared is they really taught on, again, the following subjects. And this was for the men's meeting. Please note, this is, this is focused on men. Um, t- for surrender, holy living, seeking God's will, being transformed by the renewing of the mind, uh, controlling your emotion, and the importance of separation from evil with a strong application to internet dangers. So they really went in teaching and teaching and teaching on this. Obviously, you cannot condemn any, obviously you cannot condemn the teaching on it, but does the teaching on all of that then set the stage and do you have biblical justification to then go, okay, we're going to set up an accountability program. I'm not saying it's wrong. 
I'm not saying it's right. I'm just trying to get you to think about this. I want you to know what's going on in certain parts of Christianity, right? And here's what they, here's what they did, all right? Another thing we emphasize is the blessing of God's will. See, for example, and they give a bunch of scripture, a holy life as a pilgrim believer is a blessing-filled life. Within the protective boundaries of God's will are massive blessing. There is liberty to do anything that is good, and there is a very, and that is a very long list. In other words, they wanted to emphasize, hey, there's a lot of blessing. If you will, if you're willing to, if you're willing to do what's right, there is great blessing that comes from it. And you do have liberty, but you have liberty to do that, that which is right. Right? They go on to say, the program must be explained carefully to the church and discussed and fine-tuned according to feedback. Emphasize that the purpose is for the protection, not control. Right, now this, okay, now we at least, at least this acknowledges the possible danger, right? You got a bunch of, oh, I guess, what do they call them, overseers? You have a bunch of overseers knowing what every man is doing on their phone, you do kind of get this weird power dynamic, right? And then who's who's checking the overseer? Are the overseer do overseers have an overseer? Like, does every is everyone accountable? If you only like, you know, only only like this raises lots of questions, but it does like, okay, so you know what I did. Now, once you know what I did, do you have to tell someone else? Like, how much like there, I got a lot of questions here. But they say it's not about control. It's not about control. The adult participants must not be treated like children or like they are in prison. The overseers of the accountability program are not prison guards. They are friends in Christ. So you're not to feel like a child, but obviously someone can check your phone whenever they want. You're not to feel like you're in prison, but obviously someone's going to be checking on seeing what you're doing, right? I can see good in this. I can see potential danger. Again, you can tell me, dude, what do you think? Well, how, how far can you go with this before it kind of crosses a line into legalism, cult-like? When, when, I don't want to say that that's what it is, but I'm saying these are questions that everyone should ask. All right, here, here's what they have to say. Overseers. Overseers are selected on the basis of how many members sign up for oversight. Ideally, an overseer should not be responsible for more than three or four people so that they can give their proper attention to this. So an overseer could be keeping track of three or four people. The overseer should be chosen and assigned with wisdom. They must be spiritually mature, wise enough to shepherd the individual under their care, and they must know enough about technology to be an effective overseer. They must know how to check for new apps browser histories, etc. So you've got to have someone who knows the technology that can go through someone's phone and try to determine, okay, what's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on here? All right. So I mean, someone's supposed to be taking your phone and doing a deep dive and figure out what you've been doing. Now, does, does this, how, does this work? I, I, I don't know. I, I just see... I, I see the the intent. I the intention may be good. The the I don't know how you carry this all out. All right, they go on with this. Um, they must be knowledge. They must have knowledge of protection tools such as AppLock, 
an Android app that can be used to control select apps, web browser filters like uh, Clean Internet, Covenant Eyes, and parental control software. Um, and they give a bunch of things here. In other words, I got to know about all of these protection tools. Um, the major spiritual qualification of an overseer in the program are found in Romans 15, 14. Here we see two things that are necessary for the effectual function of, an, of admonishing others. First, there must be good goodness, which refers to a good Christian character and testimony. Second, there must be knowledge, which refers to knowledge of God's word and God's will. If an individual lacks goodness, lacks a good testimony, he can't effectively admonish others because they won't take him seriously. If he lacks Bible knowledge, he will not have the wisdom to admonish in a right way. All right, this, this is really going for like, you, you, this person has to have these qualifications. I think that's a good thing. I, uh, okay, Let, let's just keep, keep going here. Now, the participants. The individual who joins the program promises not to hide anything and to avoid visiting wrong, wrong sites or looking at wrong things. So the first thing you have to do, you got to make a promise. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to hide anything and I'm, I'm going to avoid uh, visiting any wrong sites or looking at any wrong things. He agree, agrees to obey God's commands, to set no wicked thing before his eyes, Psalm 101.3, to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of de- uh, darkness, Ephesians 5.11, and to avoid evil communications, 1 Corinthians 15.33. He agrees that the overseer will, ha- will have access to all areas of his phone, tablet, Laptop, etc. So you have to agree to give full access to everything. Laptop, phone, everything. You, you, they get full access to everything. Now remember though, the key is you promise not to hide anything. So your promise is that if you do look at something wrong, you're going to keep it there. You're not going to do anything to delete it. But you see, the accountability can only go so far because, all right, I'm going to give you access to it, but... Are you going to know if I got rid of it? Are you going to know that I deleted it? Are you going to know? Like someone, I mean, like how how far are they going to dig into your device? Um, he agrees not to delete the history of the internet use, such as browsing history. He agrees not to use browsers such as Tor, Epic, SRWR, uh, Iron, uh, that do not leave a history and agrees not to use private modes and browsers such as Chrome's incognito mode uh, that do not leave a history. So in other words, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna use anything to hide my, my history and I'm not gonna do anything to delete my history. I'm not gonna do anything to do that. But will they know if you did that? Like, like how far is the person going to dig through your device? Well, wait, wait a minute. I think you uh, you installed an app at this time and you deleted it. Okay, what was that? Like, how how much are they going to dig in? Run a full diagnosis on your on your on your device? Because it sounds like that basically you're making a promise, and the the, the assumption is you're that you're going to keep the promise. And so, but if you're if you break the promise and then find a way to delete your broken promise, then nobody knows you broke the promise. So does, how far does the accountability go? I I don't know. Uh, They go on to say here, um, he agrees not to use secret IDs to log into YouTube. Uh, they are kept from his that are kept from his overseer, so you can't have a a, a a different ID for YouTube. Log in, watch whatever you want on YouTube, then log out, log back in under your uh, other ID. You can't do that. You, you make a promise that you're not going to do that. 
there should be no deleting of photos, videos, and music, except when they were received as unwelcomed intrusions, such as sent by someone via text or WhatsApp. In other words, the deletion should not be for the purpose of hiding sin. When using the YouTube app, she will, he or she, so I guess women can be involved in this, will log in so that a history is maintained. So if you're going to use YouTube, you have to log into YouTube to make sure that everything is tracked. But if you don't log in, is anybody going to know that you didn't? I mean, this sounds like a lot of, okay, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing and then I'm going to follow these rules, but you're not going to really know that I'm following the rules, but yet I'm giving you access to everything on my mobile device. I I don't, I don't know. Uh, The participants should be categorized by age and situation and treated accordingly. For, For example, married people cannot be treated the same as single ones. Married people should have more privacy. For example, married people's communication with their spouses should be strictly private, but single people should not have intimate communication with members of the opposite sex. Other than close relatives, in fact, every person in the program must be treated as an individual. All right. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. I, and some of these churches, you're right. Someone just made a joke about uh, a, a certain rock band. Uh, I won't mention the rock band because then someone will, I'll get emails about it. But yeah, I think in some of these cases, like, so does the church determine what's appropriate or not appropriate? I'm sorry, you, you, you on your device, you watched that TV show or you watched that music video or you listened to that album. You You can't be listening to that on Apple Music. You can't be like, do they need, I mean... Like, yeah, I can understand things that are blatantly sinful, like, you know, but I mean, like, but yeah, this raises some serious questions here. All right. Uh, the overseer starts by meeting with each individual under his care to develop a plan for how he is going to supervise that individual. The overseer must be firm and protecting, but not overly forceful. If he forces the individual to do something against his will, it won't work because there are endless ways to get around supervision. From beginning to end, the program must be free will. In general, the overseer talks with the individual to find out how he is currently using his phone and other devices and in what legitimate and good ways and tries to work out a plan so that the individual can use his device for good but not for sin. Following are some, th- some things that should be done in the first meeting. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, so, so someone said they missed the very beginning of this, but what they're picking up is that this sounds absurd. I, I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Everyone's take on this is going to be so different. Um, but this sounds very controlling, kind of uh, ominous, like, you know, big brother watching everything you do and every, 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 you know, quoting, oh, uh, can I quote lyrics from the police? You know, every step you take, Every breath you take, I'll be watching you. You know, like, is, is, it, is, it, is it going to be, is it, I mean, it just seems, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm struggling with, 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 I'm trying to be fair with this. All right. So they start each meet, uh, meeting. Okay. They've got to be firm. Um, uh, in, in general, the overseer talks with the individual to find how, how he is currently using his phone and other devices and what legitimate and good ways and tries to work out a plan that the individual can use his device for good, but not for sin. Following are some of the things that should be done in the first meeting. One, at the very beginning, the individual must agree to keep everything open, to have no secrets on his device, to not to delete things in order to hide wrongdoing, 
to allow the overseer to check his phone at any time and to communicate with the overseer to seek help if he's experiencing problems. Find out all the ways the individual currently uses the phone and or other devices. Ask the individual, uh, ask if the individual has experienced any special temptations pertaining to the use of this device. Now, I just find it, (laughs) I have to be honest with you. I do find this a little bit funny because this, these, this program is going to be, is being suggested for very fundamental Baptist, independent, conservative churches. And all of them would condemn the idea of going to a priest and confessing your sins. They would be like, that's ridiculous. I don't have to go to a priest and confess my sins. Well, this is like, this is more than just going to the priest to confess your sins. This is going to the priest and saying, here you go. Here's every electronic device I use. Here's how I use it. Here's where I've struggled. Look and look and see everything that I've done wrong. This is going way beyond just confession. This is like, here you go. Here's everything I've done on my mobile device. Everything. I mean, I mean, so, well, I mean, what, what, I mean, they're reading all of your text messages. I mean, they're, I mean, I mean, and, and, and just think if they're reading your text messages, don't you have to tell every person you text that someone could read this communication? I mean, this just seems to be getting like really weird, right? I mean, you think about it. I mean, because they talked about, you can't be using your phone for text, for sexting or for bullying or for gossip Okay, well, then they're going to go through every, I mean, you're going to sit there and go through every, okay, so you texted so-and-so, okay, all right, da 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 And you, I mean, you just read, I, that just, I don't know, this is starting to feel really, 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 really weird. Okay, all right, let's go, let's go, let's continue here. All right, um, so at the very beginning, the individual must agree to keep everything open, to have no secrets on his devices, to not delete things in order to hide wrongdoing to allow the overseer to check his phone at any time and to communicate with the overseer if there's any problems. First of all, all the way, find out all the ways the individual is currently using the phone. Uh, ask if the individual has experienced any temptations. Thoroughly examine the individual's phone and other devices. First check overall usage for the last 10 days. On the iPhone, screen time can be checked easily by going to settings, battery, last 10 days. Then look at every app and find out its function and how the individual uses it. Decide on a plan. What apps will be kept? How will it be used? Will something like Covenant Eyes be installed? Will a browser filter be installed? Some individuals should have no use. Some individuals should have no use of a web browser, for example, where others should have access to it. The overseer can recommend can recommend using the aforementioned protection tools for controlling and filtering. Pray together about the program for God's help. The main thing is to treat each participant as an individual and have good communication uh, with the individual. The individual's age, spiritual maturity, and background must be taken into consideration. If an individual has had problems with pornography in the past, for example, he should desire and should be given closer supervision. The overseer commits to, to be mindful of the men under his care to pray for them and to be observant of them. He will meet each individual under his care at various times. Irregular and unexpected is ideal. And do the following things, inquire about the individual situation, how he is doing with the Lord, look to see what apps are installed, check over the overall smartphone usage uh, uh, for the last 10 days, check histories, YouTube, photos, phone calls. You're even checking who's who they've called. 
Um, perhaps look at photos and videos. This depends on each individual situation, as we have discussed. Pray with the individual. The overseer doesn't. Okay, wait a minute. All right, here we go. The overseer doesn't read the individual's private communication. Email, s- messages, or WhatsApp. But he does try to get an idea with whom the individual is communicating. The overseer must allow the individual to explain any particular aspect of the device and internet use that might be questionable and not be hasty to condemn. The overseer gives a report to the church leaders so they can be informed about what's happening. So they're not, they have full access to your phone, but they're not supposed to be reading any messages. I, oh man, I, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're now, now you got to trust the overseer is not going to tap on anything. I mean, that they're only going to go into, maybe they're going to check it in your presence. I'm assuming that's how it's going to work. They're going to check the phone right there. So I'm going to have to dedicate an amount of time to go through everything. And so I guess you would know that they're not checking on your messages. Uh, but, uh, but okay. Um, we cannot emphasize the importance of the right attitude on the part of the church leaders and the overseers of this program. If the participants feel that they are being treated with true Christian love, kindness, patient mercy, and wisdom, if they feel that the overseer is truly wanting to help and protect them and not to dominate them, they will benefit from the program and will want to continue to participate. Otherwise, it will be a short-lived thing. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. My thing is, why do you got to report it? They got to report everything they find to the church. I mean, this just seems, I mean, to the church leadership. Uh, Okay, and then there's just a, a, a few other things listed there. So there's the program. It's called a Smartphone Accountability Program. What 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 do we say about this? All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Someone is acknowledging that they're facing the temptation to use their device to say some unhelpful, strong words about this absurdity. So someone believes strongly that this is a completely absurd. I, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to look at it from a, a lot of different perspectives. Let's start with number one. We can all agree on this clearly. With the internet, with mobile devices, with, with, with the internet just in general. Forget what kind of devices you have access to. The internet produces possible spiritual dangers and pitfalls. We can all acknowledge that. Everyone agrees with that. And everyone will have their own particular struggles and difficulty. It can be an issue of just wasting time. It can be an issue of distracting you from the things of God. It can be and it can be the issue of gossip and slander um, on social media. It can be that you're finding yourself getting into debates and arguments, and you're having a bad attitude. There, there's just so many issues that can arise on there. Not not just because obviously we all know where the first direction everyone's going to go with this. It's going to be because of of, of pornography. That's the direction everyone's going to go. But there's a million other issues that can arise way before that. It could be because you can just go shopping on your phone that you're, you end up spending more money than you should or, or that it's almost leading to covetousness. Or there, There's just so many different directions it can go. We all agree that with the, the power of the technology comes great potential for sin and difficulties, all right? But... Um, Hey, yeah, or 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 yeah. Hey, you've been listening to Theology Central way too much. You 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 got to cut out listening to that. Yeah, okay. 
yeah, it would be it would be it would be crazy just seeing what would happen. Uh, that that's kind of funny. But I think we can all agree that there are potentials of of, of danger. There's there's pitfalls. Now I just want to make it very clear, I, and I'm I'm got to be dogmatic about this. I say this all the time. the The danger that presents itself there with these with this technology. Let's make this this is so important. Um, let's make sure we realize that people found themselves falling into the same problems and the same sin way before there was ever an internet, right? The same problems ex- have always existed. Now you can say, well, it's, 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 it's easily available. I understand. But in some societies, it was already easily available, right? I mean, I mean, look at how much sin is available in, in, in certain cultures going back in the city of Corinth or in Rome, there was all kinds of things available. So sin is, the danger for sin has always been present. I mean, when you're reading in Genesis, you're seeing every kind of sin and they don't have the internet, right? I mean, you're seeing everything from rape to incest to homosexuality. You're seeing it all in Genesis and there's no internet. There's no rap. There's no rock and roll. There's no MTV. There's no HBO. There, I mean, there's no Cinemax. There, it's just, it's all there because it, 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 it builds from it. it. It comes from within us. That's where the issue is. But I understand with the devices gives you access and gives you ability that you have to be conscious of and aware of, and you have to be willing to admit how it's causing you problems. Now, so that, I think that's just where we have to start. We got to just realize that it's not like all these problems, you know, ex- started existing when the internet was created. All the problems existed prior to the internet. There was just different ways of accessing those things or engaging in those things, right? So I think that that's important. Number two, accountability can be extremely helpful. Having someone to walk with your struggle with, someone whom you can trust, someone you who you have complete trust with and you can be completely honest. I think can be beneficial. I just don't know how this is, how it, does it have that feeling that you have someone in your church who's appointed to you as an overseer? They have access to a lot of things, There's, but, but, all, but it all really depends on how much you're willing to let them actually see because you can cover up your tracks a hundred different ways and unless they can just really start digging into your phone. I mean, it sounds like they're going to sit down with you and just open your phone and, go, and just and look at how much you've used. I mean, they're, they're going to be able to get some information, but I mean, all you have to do is sit there before, before you even sign up for the overseeing program is try to figure out what people can and cannot see on your phone and you'll know that you're going to know immediately what you can and can, cannot get away with. So, I mean, it just sounds like that if you're already, if you've already committed yourself to not doing these things, right, then do you need the accountability partner? And if you already struggle with this, then if you're already struggling with it, isn't there a high probability that your struggle is going to manifest itself now and covering it up and hiding your tracks? Because again, I think you're going to be very, how, how open are you going to want to be with your overseer who's then going to leave the house and go report it to the leaders of the church? I think finding an individual whom you can trust, one individual between you and him, all right, and I'm speaking as, as a man, a man with a man, wor- working through this together in a private way whom you can trust, whom you can confide in, whom they can pray with and struggle with you. I think that works better, maybe. 
But again, then why, why is it only focused on really one kind of behavior? What about all the other sins in the church? Why, what about all the other sins in the church? Do you need accountability there? We do know from the world that certain programs like 12, like, uh, like Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, Narcotics, Narcotics Anonymous, NA and AA meetings have proven to be extremely beneficial and helpful for those who are struggling with addiction, whether to alcohol or to narcotics. The NA and AA meetings, you have the 12-step program, you have a sponsor, and they're to help you through those programs. Right? I've known people who, who, who have benefited greatly from those. Who, who was able to, to make major changes in their life. Is, is, that, is that the church's attempt to have something similar? Maybe it is. So maybe, maybe, maybe the idea, let me think of it this way. Maybe the idea, that there's something to the idea, but the way they're trying to structure it is problematic. Is that a possibility? Because, I mean, you, you would have to, how, how, how much wrong happens in the body of Christ because of mobile devices, phone, internet connection, Facebook, social media? I mean, things can go horribly wrong on those situations. They can go horribly, horribly, horribly wrong, and you can do great damage to yourself and to other people. Things can go wrong. You're not even expecting it. You're not even looking for it. The next thing you know, you find yourself in a major situation, and you've hurt a lot of people. There's, there's, I bet you everyone, I can't speak for the women, I bet you almost every man can speak of their struggles and difficulties that they found themselves in probably at different times on the internet and things that they have done that they shouldn't have done. But at the same time, every person listening to me can think of in their life sins and struggles that they have. It's like, how far do we go? How far do we go to supposedly stop people from sinning Okay, uh, so so uh, someone someone just said in chat, uh, someone a friend of theirs did this very thing with an addiction program. I, I think there I think there's a I think there's some programs that can work that can be very beneficial and helpful. But it just seems with this this program really is designed on okay, I'm not going to do it, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm, I promise you that I'm not going to do anything to hide it. But the minute you do it, there's a high probability you're going to try to hide it. And if there's no way to catch the fact that you hit it, then the whole thing just becomes more show than it is substance. It, be, it gives a, a thing. Now, if the person, and again, it really comes down, I really need help. Well, if you really need help, then are you willing? Do you need, are you, do you need help so much that you're willing to say, look what I did last night? Here it is. I didn't delete it. Then they run and tell the, tell the leader, leadership of the church. Then what happens? It, it, it's definitely a, 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 a weird thing. And for some weird reason, uh, the Church One app continues to send out notifications that I'm going live uh, because I think uh, it's having some kinds of technical difficulties today. But but Spreaker has been working great. So that's good. I will upload this to uh, to uh, Church One as soon as I'm done. All right. Um, all right someone just said, and, I'm, and this is all good because I knew this was going to create a lot of, uh, of a lot of, uh, um, uh, a lot of people are offering suggestions, which is good. Someone said, I could see for special situations like that, but what about all the problems 
uh, systems like this has caused? Is this just a different can of worms? Spiritual abuse, disagreements, blah, blah, blah. My thought is that something like this can cause a new category of temptation uh, to sin from the overseers. I'll, and I can find plenty of ways to get into trouble. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. It, it does create a whole new problem. It, it does create all kinds of, it, it opens up a whole new can of worms because you do have this real weird power dynamic. They know what everyone's been doing on their phones. That that group of individuals, they know what people have been doing. And not only that, look, they're going to know what, not just anyone's a part of the program, they're, 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 what they've done on their phone is going to be shared with the rest of the leaders. So you have an entire like, you know, magisterium you know, that sits in, in judgment and they all know what everyone's been doing on their phone. They know what everyone's been doing. If, if everyone is open and honest with it and don't hide anything, they're going to like, oh, there's so-and-so know what he's doing. Oh no, there's so-and-so. Yeah. It just seems like a weird, it's one thing to have one individual appointed and that individual it's between you and him. And now if you do something illegal, then obviously they have to report that to the police. Obviously we understand legality, but what, what do they like, what do they immediately have to go run and tell everyone? Is there a way to have it? Like if it's just the overseer and the person and nobody else is to, is to know, and they don't go report it to the authority of the, the, the rest of the leaders of the church. That's just the part that seems weird. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, it's an, I, 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 it's one of those situations. I'm, I'm struggling with what to say here. It's one of those situations I admire deeply the desire to try to find a way to help people. That's a good thing. We want, we want to help people. We want to help people grow in godliness. But I wonder And, I, and I'm just and I'm just thinking out loud here. So please don't don't people don't be writing this down like I'm I'm making some kind of dogmatic assertions here. I wonder when in, in growing in your Christian life, how much of it is just based off your own personal struggles, failures, getting back up, struggling with God. Like a lot, how much of it is just there, and how much of your growth in Christ is really dependent upon having someone watching everything you do you know, critiquing, judging, uh, counseling, exhorting. Like, I I understand that, that, that other people can greatly help in your spiritual life, but I wonder how much, how necessary all of that is. Because, because if, 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 if it's that necessary, then would, wouldn't we need a program for just like basically everything? Every person needs an overseer for every area of their life. Now you could say, well, this this area of sin is very common. It's true. I mean, the, uh, the statistics show how many men in the church have struggles with pornography and pastors. I mean, it's it's and it can happen. It can happen uh, again. Facebook, uh, Facebook, or any any social media pro- program platform where people can start messaging you. Trust me, been there. Had my my struggled my my own mess ups in the past. Where next thing you know, you're like, wait a minute, how did I involve, get involved in that conversation? Wait, what did I just do? And you end up hurting people. So I understand the dangers. I mean, it would be foolish to deny the dangers. I just, I just, just trying to figure out. I'm just trying to figure out, like, did Peter need an accountability partner after he denied Jesus three times? Did David need an accountability partner after he had a 
committed adultery and had a woman's husband killed? Did Solomon need an accountability partner considering he had how many concubines and how many wives? Did Moses need an accountability partner to keep his anger in check after he killed someone? I mean, that, that's, I'm not, I'm not in any way, I'm not trying to say that these things are not needed. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how much of the Christian life is really just you trying to figure it out and struggling. And Now, I'm not saying other people aren't there to help you. But the help in the Bible seems to be come, coming through the preaching and teaching of God's word and praying for you, encouraging you and exhorting you. I don't know how much of it comes by trying to know every detail of everything you're doing. It, it, it raises lots of questions. It does raise lots of questions. And I wish I had better answers here. On one hand, I would love to think, yeah, that's what every church needs. We need to get one of those programs and everyone and everyone will be better off. But man, it, it, it just remember it, it. The overseers are sinners. The overseers are fallible. The overseers have their own issues. I just think it would be, I, I just personally, I think it would be better that when, that when you realize you need, you ask for help. And then you've got to have one person who's not going to take it anywhere else. Because if you can't just be, like pour your heart out to that person with exactly what's going on. I think that's one thing about the Catholic confessional. That's one that's very different. Like they they can't break the confessional seal. I mean, that, that that's, they can't, they can't reveal what, what's said in the confessional. They can't, right. They can't even reveal it to authorities in many cases. It's one thing to have someone that, you know, you can just pour every dirty, horrible thought and idea out to someone who will pray for you and who will maybe give you counsel and it's not going to go anywhere else. It's another, as soon as you tell someone they're going to be on the phone going, well, just met with, just met with Bob and Bob's been spending a lot of time on this website. Bob's been looking at this. Don't know how, how much Bob's going to want to tell you if he knows that you're getting ready, to, as soon as you're done, going to go report it to other people. And now a, a number of people in the church are going to know what you've been doing. Yeah, it it raises lots of questions. Um, and I, I, I think historically, not always, that in many cases there can be real problems, real issues that the church needs to address. I'm not saying this is not a real problem that needs to be addressed because the church constantly struggles with sin in many of these areas. Sometimes when there's a real problem and it really needs to be addressed, the church sometimes comes up with unbiblical solutions and sometimes may go to go to an extreme in order to try to fi- fix the problem. But I don't know how widespread this is. Um, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, I mean, the article was published on Way of Life Literature, not not the you know, the most powerful or influential site in, in in Christendom, but very influential in the independent Baptist movement. And this sounds right along the lines of an independent Baptist, where the, those churches, in many cases, already have strong rules on what people can and cannot do. Who are members goes to the same concept of. Now, I know some people are going to say this is a reach, but 
What about a church who, even if they don't have an accountability program, make you sign a church covenant that's saying, you will do this, you will do this, you will do this, you will do this. I've seen church covenants that say, you will have family devotions, you will spend time in private devotions. Well, I mean, do do you have to sign that kind of an agreement? And again, I've always said, once you sign a church covenant, to me, that's just crazy because now you... If, if you don't follow through in the covenant, one, is someone going to ask you if you're following through in the covenant? Two, if they discover you're not following through with the church covenant, are you now brought up in church discipline? I mean, that just seems like a, you're creating a problem. Don't you have to give some people some freedom to struggle and figure out their Christian life? Yeah, is it going to be ugly and messy at times? Absolutely. The church has to be prepared for that ugliness and messiness. Now, if someone needs help, people have to be there to help. But what's the best way to help them? Is the best way to help them say, oh, come here, bring me your phone. We need to go sit down and I need to go through everything you've been doing this week. I don't know. I'll just leave it there. I just thought it was an interesting, it's an interesting concept. Um, I see major problems with it, major concerns. It does feel at times very cult-like and very controlling, like big brother watching you. Uh, other and on, on the other side, I do see the heart of maybe wanting to try to help, but man, there, there's just the logistics of this raises lots of questions. You can tell me what you think, um, your thoughts, your 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 opinions, and I think everyone's going to have different perspectives. Maybe people who have struggled would be like, man, if I if I would have had accountability right then, I may not have gotten myself in that kind of trouble. So those of those of us who've had problems can probably say, man, I, I may, may could have avoided it, but then would have I avoided it or would I then just covered my tracks? Right? I mean, you're meeting with your accountability partner for six weeks and you don't have a problem. And all of a sudden in the seventh week, you have a problem. Well, you cover your tracks, you go back, you just move on to the next week and is everything good? Like, and then once you start covering your tracks, then, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Because it just sounds like there's no guaranteed way to know what someone's doing on their device. I, I mean, I'm not an expert on phones uh, by any means. Um, but I bet you there's plenty of ways to cover your tracks. I, I bet you there is. So then it just, if, you're, if you've already decided you're not going to do it and you're not going to do it, is the accountability partner going to be the one keeping you from doing it, considering you can keep, cover your tracks? It just seems like, I don't know. It seems like, is this going to just be an opportunity for everyone to have a perceived perceived righteousness that may not be the reality? I think what we really need is a way to be real with one another. So, I don't know. We'll stop right there. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. If you're listening on the Church One app, I apologize. I don't know what in the world is going on there. Um, That It's having all kinds of problems this evening. But uh, we'll, we'll get this uploaded there as soon as possible. So just be looking out for it. It, will sh- it should be uploaded here in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.